hey newbies, from time to time, sometimes we like spit out words that we may have covered before and it's an accident. But if we ever do that and don't explain some of the lingo, you can go to nftsfornewbies.com and get a lingo guide or just an NFT newbie guide altogether. That's going to probably save you some time, uh, maybe save you a DM and just have a reference so that way you can educate yourself on your off time if you'd like. And if you get any of those guides, then you will get our newsletter every week, every Wednesday, that is. And you will see what we've been up to, what we've released and where you can find us. Let's get to the show. Is MetaMask secure? If you have a service-based business, is there any room for you in this NFT world? These are just some of the questions that we are going to be answering in today's Q&A episode. Look, are you interested in investing or collecting NFTs but are overwhelmed with all the information? Heather and I, were true, true NFT newbies. We're going to break it down as we're learning, as we wander unafraid into the world of digital art. Listen, y'all, we're going to cure you of your FOMO, mildly educate you and give our unqualified opinions and hopefully have a lot of laughs along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number four. This is the fourth time we've done a Q&A. Um, and we are lucky because we get so many questions from our community that it gives us content to talk about and questions to answer. And our community, by the way, is in Discord. So if you want to come and meet other newbies, I don't think we've had any bad interactions. Everything's been super copacetic. Everyone's learning. Everyone's getting along. So come on over to the Discord if you have... God, that's a big word. Copacetic. That sounds like a soap I, you would buy at like a convenience store. I didn't know what it meant. Get me some of them copacetic. I didn't know what it meant, but I was watching a long time ago, years ago, I was watching The First 48 and some dude who like totally murdered someone's like, nah, man, everything was copacetic. And the cop's like, I knew as soon as he said copacetic, something was up. <laughs> And I was just like... So have you looked up the definition? Is that what you think it means? Copacetic means good. The good vibes, man. Everyone's chilling. Listen, our Discord is awesome. Whether it's copacetic or not, I'm not sure. But it is linked in the show notes if you want to check that out. What's our very first question? Dude, Heather's trying to shit on my copacetic. <laughs> I'm trying to get on because we have 14 minutes left. Christy Bradfield <laughs> says, Hi, Heather and Rich. I'm so glad I found your podcast. The word copacetic is perfect for this. Um, and then she said, I had a question Stop about it. your episode for creatives. Decline talked about how important it is to build community and said to open a Twitter account, IG account, you know, for the project. She says, my question is, do you think it's a risk to post anything to an IG account without it being minted first? Would it be easy to copy if it were minted? Just as easy to copy if it were minted. I will cover the if it's minted already. And then Heather has a really good answer, I think, for the um, if it's not minted. If it's already minted, then it's already in the ledger, on the blockchain. Like this is, this is the premise of NFTs. Like no matter how many screenshots, no matter how many people try and copy, there will always be, you know, something on the blockchain that says this. This came from you. It's kind of like a child and DNA. So basically, you know, yeah, people could copy all they want, but good luck trying to sell it if it didn't come from you. Uh, now, if it's not minted, Heather, what do you got? Yeah, I, I wrote here that I think that the reward is so much greater than any risk that you're going to have. And there are definitely bad apples out there who might try to steal and do this and that. But Building a community is very hard. Rich and I have been in this space for, not the NFT space, but the entrepreneurial online space for a while. And we can attest that over the past several years, building an audience has taken so much time and effort. And if I could have started sooner, I would have. So all that to say, you just said you're a creative. 
this is an opportunity to be creative. How can you market without necessarily showing your NFTs if you decide to go that way? Let's say you're making uh, drawings of panda bears. I love panda bears. Can you do behind the scenes? Can you do videos of your origin story and why you started drawing them? Can you show the tools that you're using? Can you talk about the day in and day out stuff of building your own NFT project? There's so many other reasons why people buy things outside of the art. And I think giving people a glimpse of the world behind it is going to just propel what you're trying to do or excel what you're trying to do. So get started yesterday and don't be worried. Don't be afraid. Well, and you could also probably put up like, uh, you know, how photographers do that, but they put that like shutter fly or shutter stock or whatever, like that, that like label across <laughs> a picture and people will screenshot do it that. and put it on Facebook. Like, oh, check out my new pictures. It's got a freaking label all over it. It's so ridiculous. And, um, I just want to say, Heather, you were on the verge. You were super close to like shots fired, like bracata, when you were like, you're creative, be creative. Oh, <laughs> Well, I don't mean that in a, like, I, I know it was this is the fired. thing was- with, with anything of this stuff. And I mean, I have to catch myself with it too. We can always, and I'm not saying you, Christy at all. I'm just saying in general, cause I get this too. And Rich, I'm sure you faced it too, or where as a creative, we're faced with kind of this mentality of like, are we going to be scared or are we going to kind of what you told me the other day? Like, we're just going to be fearless, Heather. He texted me that to me the other day. And there's so much stuff that could go wrong in making your NFTs, building your communities and all that. I'm not saying not be cautious, but I'm saying see any kind of objective or quote problem as an opportunity to be uh, creative. Creatives drive society in so many ways that people underestimate. So don't underestimate yourself. Really good question. I think you got some good answers, which brings me to the next one. Is my data secure on MetaMask? Um, uh, you know, I've seen some security <laughs> articles about uh, MetaMask, some concerns, specifically the hackers, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, is this true? And this comes from Leah O'Connor. I hope I'm saying that right. So big shout out to you. Thank you for dropping that in. MetaMask security. I mean, I hope it's secure because that's what I got. It's what any digital company is going to say, which is, I'll, I'll tell you what they said. And we, MetaMask, <laughs> encrypts your private key with a password that only you know, so only you can access your tokens. MetaMask never stores your private key on its servers, so even if the company were to go get hacked, your tokens would still be safe. This is episode two, three, or four with uh, what is a seed phrase or what is a secret uh, password or whatever. Recovery phase. Yeah, those, those, what is it? <laughs> Recovery, secret recovery. Seed phrase. Remember, they it was it was a seed phrase, and then they changed the name to secret recovery phrase because they wanted to emphasize how secret it really. You need to chill. You're emphasizing. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I saw how I'm 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 drinking the rocks energy drink, and I am hype right now. Heather did not sleep well last night, so she's trying to stay hype, and and she's trying to keep it keep it going for y'all. But here here's what I'll say. Look. It says, overall, MetaMask is an extremely safe way to store Ethereum tokens, blah, 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 blah. My bank says the same shit. You know, my other bank says the same shit. What? I'm just saying, like, you don't think I have to call and dispute charges from time to time? Like, I don't think anything is safe. Um, and if you choose Hide your to, wife, hide your kids. Yeah. I, if you choose not to take some of the precautions, if you... If you have your recovery phrase or your whatever you want to call it on your phone and not written down or not on a ledger or who knows what, if you're not taking all the precautions, then your susceptibility to potentially being hacked or something like that is 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 obviously higher. If you just do what people are saying and the website is going to do it's obvious, it's total best to protect you. But uh, no one's going after this is uh, I'll never forget a friend said this. He goes, when people's banks get hacked or 
you know, I don't know what their accounts. He goes, it's not someone saying, Ooh, I'm going to get Heather. It's literally like someone's running a code somewhere and it's just that code looks for susceptibility and vulnerability. And then it's just like, bing, 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 Heather wins. I'm taking all your monies. Bye. And that's it. Nobody <laughs> monies. Yeah. I think another point to this, yeah, you could talk, think about is MetaMask secure, but to Rich's point, one of the things that I've seen over and over again in some of these Discord communities is people getting hacked, not because their MetaMask or their wallet wasn't secure, but they were connecting their wallets to compromised websites or not trusted websites because they get DM'd by Paul 69, wait, Paul 64321. <laughs> what are you, 12? Why are you trying to make jokes up in here? This is serious. <laughs> I didn't. It was just the first number that popped in my of head. Course. I'm sorry. Um, and, God. And so they trust them. They're like, oh, you want a free NFT. And so they'll connect their wallet to these sites and then they'll get, they'll get screwed or they'll get, you know. And so yeah, ask, it's good to ask yourself is, are these wallets secure? But also to make sure to Rich's point that you're being very smart with where you're connecting them and how you're handling them. One. I was going to say on that. hundred. Hey guys, we're going to take a really quick break to let you know about a course that I went through that I really loved and it's called NFTs Simplified. Now, this is from Sean Specey, who came out with this really short, easy to digest NFT course to help brand new newbies learn the how and why behind NFTs, how to buy NFTs, what in the world is minting phase, secondary market, a little bit about security. I originally connected with Sean because I loved his graphics and the way that he was able to draw out and literally simplify this whole NFT game. And even being in the space for quite a while and understanding some of these basic concepts when I went through the course, I just loved it and actually learned some things. It's linked up in the show notes. It's NFTs simplified and it's only 19 bucks. So click over there, grab the course. If you're like me and you need to see things visually drawn out, Sean's going to help you out. Again, that is NFTs simplified. You got another question? I do. Woo! All right. Douglas. Douglas, what's up? This is Douglas Edmund who says, what are some screening methods when looking for good projects to invest in? He said that sometimes looking at people's Twitter accounts, if they have less than 5,000, he wonders if it's a dud. He's heard before, look at people's vision and their roadmap, but is there any other things that we should look for and consider? And he also asked, what are some sites that will give you upcoming NFT projects? So that's a lot, Douglas. Uh, my initial thoughts with that is, first of all, what are some sites for upcoming projects? Um, you know, everybody's going to tell you to be hanging out on Twitter and check that, which... I agree, but I feel like there's a lot of people on there just, what is it, shilling, shilling their own projects. So can you trust that for sure or not? There is a resource, nftcalendar.io, that is linked in the show notes that I think does a pretty good job with upcoming launches. But as far as your first question of screening methods, I mean, I feel like we've said this a lot, Rich, and I don't want to keep repeating it, but to me, it's the answer is always going to be... <sighs> Do I believe in the people behind the project? And also, I think what we're learning over the past few months is what is their track record? <laughs> Not necessarily in the NFT space, but in, in the business space in general. Like, you know, Gary, you can look what he's created, right? Tom Bill, you, you can see what he's created outside in the regular world, not just in the NFT space. So I think those are important things to look at. And of course, we're always newbies at one point or the other, but 
an NFT is a big commitment. I mean, when you deliver on a project, I mean, that's a years and years commitment to something. I mean, it's not just a few months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would say, how do you make your purchases normally? Use the same mentality and process, right? Like if you walk into Best Buy for a new laptop and you're thinking about jumping ship from a Mac or I don't know what, like... What what are you looking for? What are you thinking about? Like, there's a, just because you don't know a lot about the NFT world doesn't mean that you can't still apply the same principles. Um, so that's what I would say. Like, you, I'm a very big gut feel kind of guy. So for me, you know, like sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. But um, you know, that's part of it. And then obviously demonstrated track record. Now, if you don't have a demonstrated track record, that doesn't mean that they're not going to take off. I was just thinking about like as you were saying that I was thinking about CryptoPunks. Like if CryptoPunks was after Board Apes, like a year after or something like that, like people might shit on CryptoPunks and be like, "What is this? This is awful." You know, like what what is this? They just happen to be first and they happen to have been hanging in there for a few years. So I guess I would say is um, resiliency, like, you know, how, how long have these people been around? Like, have they shown that even after a failed project or a failed business that they're going to keep coming back for more and they're the real deal? Because those are the people that are learning on the regular people who are paying, you know, outsourcing some project and getting a thousand designs and doing that and making a million dollars off it. That doesn't actually mean that they have any business skills or that they actually want to serve you. So just think about it. How do you make your decisions? Resiliency does play a part if there's no social proof, so to speak. And you know, follow your gut. What do you think about the 5,000 thing? He said that if, if somebody has less than 5,000 Twitter followers, does that concern you? It doesn't concern me at all because who gives a shit? <laughs> I just like how blunt you are. It's funny. No, I completely agree with you. And I mean, Twitter is one platform and yeah, they're big in the NFT space, but I've been amazed by following some people and I'm like, oh, they're super small. And then you'll like click over at what they're doing in life. Yes. And they have a huge platform elsewhere or they've, you know, built a multi-million dollar business here and there. And so, yeah, I think look at that because it shows some, I guess, cultural relevance to the NFT space, but I don't think it's the only measure. Yeah, by like, any means. I'm so done. Like I used to live on LinkedIn and now I don't care about it at all. Okay. Someone could go there and be like, oh, wow, dude has 23,000 followers, but he barely posts. Like that's not going to grow my following. And it also doesn't validate that I know what the hell I'm talking about. And now if I pivot big time and I'm all in on Twitter, like I'm going to have to grow it. So followers is, uh, you know, essentially a byproduct of two things, how active you are on the platform generally, right? Posting and engaging with other people and all that other shit. And two is like, are you putting out valuable content? And if you don't have that, like, would I really hold that against someone? If Heather came out with a project and I didn't know Heather and we didn't have this bomb ass podcast and she was coming out with a, you know, NFT project about Cheetos and I respected her and I knew she was a creator, like, I don't care if she has 200 freaking Twitter followers, like, I'm in. Yeah. And, and followers can be manipulated. A lot of people can buy followers, yep. all of that stuff. And our last question, this one's from an email, electronic mail from Corey McLeaf. Um, and it says, hey, guys, love your podcast. <laughs> they all start like that. Thank you all so much. That's always the best way to start an email. Um, do, 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 do. Okay, I'm a strength and conditioning coach and personal trainer slash programmer, hoping to find a way to use NFTs to outreach fitness in a new way. And I think what they just mean is like, just use it in a, in a different way, clearly. I was curious if you have any advice on finding an artist to help create NFT art. I have figured out how to create my own NFT, but don't have the artistic and digital experience to create pieces. I really love Heather. Does Corey need to make art to use NFTs for fitness as a service? No, he can. You can if you want to. And 
I think I mentioned this on a recent episode. I'm really curious. I'm really excited to see some creative people be creative in this space and think outside of the box. I love art. I think it's great. I think, you know, there, there's, there's an opportunity there. But you just said you were a fitness dude. You know what I mean? And unless that's just like your side hustle, which I don't think it is because you wouldn't be looking for an artist, think of some other things you could do. I mean, why not ha- hire a photographer? Why not do some cool videos of you doing push-ups or sit-ups or, you know, you could even mint your own plan. You know what I mean? Like a handwritten plan. It doesn't ha- – I'm not saying if, if the rats are out you want to go, there are ways to go about that. I would recommend starting within your, your own network. Um, and asking people for personal recommendations over finding some random person online because you never know what you're going to get. I mean, we were just on a call earlier today of people who met online and sometimes it doesn't go that well and there's disputes. So I would really start within your own network and make sure you're working with people who you really, really connect with. But with that being said, I want to challenge you to think outside of the box a little bit with your NFTs. Like, why do you want an artist? Yes, Heather's right. But here's the thing. People who are going to win in the short term are going to get slightly lucky on investments. They're going to have insider tracks to certain really awesome projects and whatever. The majority of people are going to fail and lose money. I'm losing plenty of money right now, and it's fine because I'm exploring and understanding. The people who are going to win the long game are going to realize like it's just a mechanism. It's just a mechanism. You don't have to make a freaking piece of art. You could just call it... Corey's cards or something like that. Maybe they're playing cards just like this. And depending on what someone buys, it's a mystery one. They might get one free year of online coaching with you or some shit like that. Yep. Or, you know, anything, anything. Or maybe they're going to get featured on your in, his Instagram page because um, he's got 10,000 followers and it's going to get exposure for them. And it's also going to help him out because it's going to be kind of a testimonial. Whatever it is, like, it's not just about the art. Um, so sorry, artists, you know, but like, it's, it's going to just be like, how do I incorporate this into business? And I don't know why I'm having this visualization in my head right now. I'm closing my eyes like Heather does because she closes her eyes and talks all the time. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Praise Jesus. You mean awesome. Yes. So I'm thinking about those freaking stupid home makeover shows, how they repurpose like old wood. Oh, give me that freaking palette over there. I'm going to make a wall thing out of it and I'm going to put plants all over it and it's going to be so unique. NFTs, a foundational aspect of NFTs and blockchain technology is as a business person, how creative can you get? How are you going to be able to utilize this in a way that's with the times and that doesn't have to be art, but just serves your business, serves the people. That's who's going to win long. Guarantee it. Yep. And Corey, just ask yourself this question. What is me? What is me in this? What is your personality? What is your brand? What is your vibe? What gets you excited? I mean, if it is art, cool, but who who are you? And make sure your NFTs reflect that because you can't BS an audience. People want to feel like it is you behind it. And um, we're making a lot of assumptions here. Maybe he's like a secret underground artist lover. I don't know. But uh, I think the premise of it is be creative a little bit more with it. But if he does want an artist, do you have any thoughts on that? Finding one? No. I've never found an artist before. No, just just the question alone makes me feel like he'd be unfocused and unclear and he'd probably spend a lot of money getting some shitty ass shit made up. So fuck that. Time for the pod deck with my vocabulary. Would <laughs> Let me read it to you. Oh, no, 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 let me read it to you because you read it last time. Can you read it? You got to answer this. But you already read it now. Now you already know what's coming up. Okay. Would you travel to space if possible? Not right now. <laughs> no way, man. I, I I, literally could already feel how anxious I would be being that far 
from my family. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not a flight away. Like that's when would like, you? Because you said not right now. So when? I don't know. Like if my girls are teenagers and like we all can go. I don't know. You want to be bringing teenagers into space? I don't think that's a good idea. I don't know. Have you met teenage girls? I gotta go talk to my daughter. I miss her. <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> what about you? Thank you guys so much. You didn't say about oh, you. Um, random fact: When I was growing up, I was obsessed with space and astronauts, and that was my life goal was to be an astronaut. So I read space books and all about the planets and everything, and I knew that's what I was going to be when I grew up. Until, to your point, on twenty stinking twenty. Thank you, Barbara Walters, for telling me that you had to spend like two years up there. And I was like, no, thank you. I got things to do. I got a life. I can't spend that much time up in space. <laughs> I want you to wear a space helmet and take a picture and sell it as an NFT. My own little Don't space me. cadet co-host. Do not tempt me. Okay. See y'all next time. Connect with us over on the Discord. It's linked up in the show notes. We love y'all. See you soon. Peace. Peace.